Good morning and welcome to episode 89, 89 of the Knife Journal Podcast. James Noka, and I'm here with my esteemed colleague, Kyle Versteg, and we are recovering from Christmas. Yep, this is our uh, crisp, actual Christmas episode, because yeah, yep. so my computer was dead. Uh, Merry Christmas to all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Was Santa Claus good to you? Very good. Yeah, he uh, got me two Donald Trump ties. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> and a Donald Trump cologne called Success. <laughs> Wow. You know, I, I actually have, I've been wearing Donald Trump ties for uh, quite a few years now, actually. Probably, I don't know, when he first started coming out with them, I guess, I started buying them. Uh-huh. And I really actually like them. They're nice. They're very, they're probably the nicest ties that I own. Yeah, they are. I had I have one from a couple of years ago, but then Macy stopped carrying them, and carrying them, so now you have to get them on, like, Amazon or whatever. <laughs> really? They stopped carrying them? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's wild. It's bizarre, but wild, wild, wild. Oh, we have a first Christmas in a long time without any snow up here, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, two friends moved to Michigan, and we got no snow for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we always hear all this crazy stuff about how. Well, especially after last year and the year before. Yeah. About how like ridiculously snowy and horrible it is here, and. It... Well, actually, we're we're we're. I'm ready for snow. I, I'm really I'm sick of this rain that we've been having. Um, it's not been uh, it's not been really all that fun, really. Yeah. Well, and plus, I bought my girls all. Well, I bought I rented skis for the three gir- little girls, and I bought my wife skis, and it uh, we haven't we haven't had enough snow to ever use them yet. So I'm. Well, you know, I I uh, was talking my kid, my oldest boy is in China right now with his family. They've been there since September, mm-hmm. and this weekend they they went in and had an American Christmas in a uh, some place, and I don't remember the name of the town, but it's uh, apparently the Obamas had stayed there in the last like four years. Oh, when okay. They went to China, big uh, big villa thing. <clears throat> had a big fireplace in it and it's totally like not doesn't look like it's uh in china uh-huh. and he just sent me a picture this morning of a uh a luge run that they went down on <laughs> he's he said they opened up like their olympic training center for uh uh for the luge and they basically put you you can get in a luge and go down go down the hill oh, geez. slide down it it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. But he's out. He's in. Uh, he sent me some pictures of the kids when they were. I mean, it was kind of cool because they scrounged around and found a Christmas tree and and some lights. And he made homemade eggnog and uh, what else did he make? Sugar cookies. He said he had to he had to scrounge around to find all the ingredients for sugar cookies. <laughs> Not. What was kind of what was funny to me was the fact that, I mean, there's not very many. It's not like it's a difficult recipe to make. Uh-huh. 
But the problem is there's nothing that says anything in English there. It's not like there's like, you know, like here we've got uh, uh, Spanish and uh, and um, and English on the labels of most everything. Yeah. Now, well, they they don't have any of that. They really, truly love their language and they love their culture. So they don't put anybody else's freaking language on their packaging. <laughs> well, more power to them. <laughs> yeah. So he so he said it was a real effort to try to find the right ingredients for sugar cookies. Hmm. Well. So that was funny. So then, uh, what did what uh, what did you get for besides Donald Trump ties and and smell them? Did you get uh, did you get any sharp stuff? No, no, not really. No, just just uh, that, and I think. Oh, I know what I got. Um, he got me a Surefire Titan Plus little flashlight. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, oh, those are nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I don't I don't really like having like this huge flashlight. You know, as much as I like the Surefire, what is it, Outdoorsman? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, as much as I like that, it's for as big as that light is, it's kind of underpowered. And uh, it's bulky, and I just find myself leaving it in a bag rather than in a pocket. So I like these smaller ne- lights like this. Never without mine. Yeah, I know. You know what? And I, I, uh, you know, it's got to the point I'm when I've when I've had a piece of kit that served me well for a, a long time, I have a hard time retiring it. Yeah. And uh, and I think it's a lot of it is I've just gotten used to it and. It doesn't bother me anymore. I mean, I, I still literally, I just reached down and pulled this out of my pocket, and I have it in my pocket right now. Yeah. I mean, it's it's I just do it, and it doesn't bother me, and you know, and I know it does. You know, I I uh, I know there's new later latest and greatest, but it's just one of those things that I just uh, I don't mind. What the hell did I do? I'm gonna Instagram something here. It's one of those things I don't mind carrying anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I just I just it's too bulky for me to actually have with me every day. Um another flashlight if you don't want to spend the money on one of these Surefire Titans is uh Streamlight MicroStream is also of similar size. Uh and that one's actually a little bit lighter. The one thing about the Surefire is it's pretty heavy, but it's a nice little piece of gear. Uh, and plus, it runs off of uh, AAA, which is nice because those try finding those damn CR123s in in some shithole well, country. I I will say this, <clears throat> and I think we've had this conversation before. <clears throat> I don't remember the last time I changed the battery in my Surefire. Yeah, because because it doesn't. Uh, it's got a KL1 head, and the batteries last six eight months. Yeah, they. And I, I use mean, it a, a lot. I mean, I use it like you'd use a flashlight. I don't leave it on and 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 you know try to light up the trail. If you're if I'm walking, if I'm trying to be stealthy, a lot of times I'll even have a a red lens on it, so yeah. it's just uh, a little bit less. Uh, a little bit less light. Well, yeah, and it does. And, then uh, it doesn't screw up your night vision. Night vision. I, most right. of the time, if I'm out walking, I'll use a 
a little red lamp um, on and off if I'm crossing something that seems like maybe I should look at where my feet are going to land. Um, but most mm-hmm. of the time, you do just fine uh, with your night vision, but I don't know. Maybe that'll change when I get a little older. But Right. <clears throat> I know I don't, like I said, I, I, that the CR battery thing has never been an issue with me. I carry, you know, like I always have them in my, uh, extra ones in my, uh, shaving kit. So, yeah, I mean, literally this little light, I, I, I cannot remember the last time I changed the, the bulb in it. <clears throat> yeah. You just have to, you just have to plan for the eventuality that the dumb thing is going to yeah. die when, when you don't want yep. it to. And just have an extra battery with you, but I suppose. Yeah, so uh, anyway, what's new knife-wise? Well, Santa Claus brought me a couple knives, uh, which I'm, I'm pretty pretty happy with. I got um, two, hel- <clears throat> two heli knives. I can't pronounce the names of them, but... Uh, they're pretty, pretty nice. We'll I, spell them. Um, hang on a second. I gotta go get them. Bark River Knives offers the best combination of ultra modern CNC components and old world craftsmanship. All Bark River Knives are hand convex ground and sharpened to perfect cutting geometry for the task they are designed to perform. Bark River Knives are available through our authorized dealers. is an Egan, E-G-G-E-N, which is the, that's more of the traditional handle. Like yeah, the, the taller handle. one. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one is a U-T-V-A-E-R, Utver, Utver, which is a full, which is a full tang. Um, that's unusual for that style of knife, too. Right. Well, I think I, I think that these were designed for the American market. Uh-huh. To be honest, I, I don't think this is something that I don't believe this is something that they sell uh, in their country. Well, especially since it came in like a whiskey bottle packaging, you know. Right. 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 Now I think these are uh, this is their new um, uh, this is their new uh, way to, to uh, market to America. I mean, they they started realizing that. That Americans are lusting after Scandi-style blades, yet <laughs> they're not buying Scandi-style blades; they're buying full tang blades. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they uh, said, "Why? Why the hell would they?" So this is a, a um, oh a uh, one seventeen thickness. Uh-huh. Um, one seventeen thickness. It's got you know the the. What's kind of, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to piss on anybody's parade, but um, they could have done a better job finishing it. Yeah, I remember it because the handle, the scales at the top, or they didn't. It's like you got a knife kit. Yeah, and it's and it's one for uh, um, 
smaller smaller hands than 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 me. I mean, I, I uh, well, and it, it really becomes an issue because of that bird's beak on the back there. Right, exactly. Yeah. It really captures your hand inside there, and so I guess if you were just using it for like three fingers, or it, I'm I'm fine with it if I just used it with three fingers and left my pinky hanging out there. But um, but it is funny how the the top is the top is squared off, and then their first chamfer is right is right in line with it, and it should have been. It probably would have looked a lot nicer had it been rounded all the way across the top. Yeah. So what he's saying is that the top scales are flat. Yeah, yeah. The top flat. of the scales are flat, and it's not even uniformly flat. It's no. like they just stopped before they <laughs> finished it. Yeah, right. That's and that's exactly what I felt like too. It was like just they just stopped. But I think all all in all, I got. I mean, you know, people love these. Yeah, they're nice. The, yeah, and they're not the, that much uh, money for what you're getting. Yeah. I mean, really nice handles and. The uh, I'm not sure how much the Egan is, but the um, actually I'm not sure what either one of them are. I'll look it up here. Go- Google that shit. Uh, 119 bucks. So, but it's the birch is nice. The burl is nice. Yeah. On, on the handles. Gorgeous. You know, I mean, I. Uh, if I made all my knives with this, I'm sure I'd be perfectly happy with it. I like the. I like the hollow rivets. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, they're nice. They're nice knives. You know, I I, uh, I know a lot of people have. Uh, they're going crazy over these guys. Um, you're seeing them in a lot of. Uh, which this is the, these are the two knives that you're seeing in a lot of outdoor stores that do not typically. You know, they sell Victor Knox knives, or they might sell. Um, Oh, they might sell a, uh, a one of the um, one of the plastic ones that everybody loves so much. Uh-huh. The little um, oh, come on, help me out. You like them? Oh, Morris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. You might, you might. There, you'll find them in stores that you might. You'll have uh, that'd be the the on, about the only fixed blade knife that they have in the store would be a little Mora. Yeah. And and uh, but they'll sell like high end. They'll sell. Uh, uh, mountain khakis and they'll sell yeah yeah um, yeah so you're talking you know, about like a yuppie shit. i yuppie yep 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 the, where they're trying well, to act like they're outdoorsmen and they really aren't yeah yeah well apparently there's a um one of the distributors that's floating around in that realm of clothing picked up wetterling and uh and heli and so you're seeing you're seeing these show up in places that you never saw before. You know, you, and I think we spoke about this last last time. Um, you're seeing them in places where they have Woolrich and and uh, uh, Woolrich and uh, uh, Mountain Khaki and some of the some of the other brands that you don't normally see in a regular a regular sporting goods store. Uh-huh. But and then. Uh, I got a new Stormy Cromer hat. Oh yeah, yeah. So I like I'm liking that, but you know it's been so crappy you can't can't wear it. Huh. It's been so it's been so warm. It's been unusually warm here. Must be must be global warming is is getting us. Yeah. Uh, the other the other one I got was a uh, a blind horse. Um, what the hell was the name of that one though? Rogue River, I think, is what it's called. 
It's not a blind horse. I'm sorry. It's an LT right knife. Yeah, yeah. I actually liked the looks of that. I like the way he yeah. did the front of the scale. Uh, yep. I every once in a while I'll do a knife where basically what I'm describing, if you don't have an image of this handy, is at the front of the scale he um, he basically puts a divot there so that if you're holding the blade and you want the blade flat and parallel to the ground and your thumb on the blade, uh, if you have like the regular traditional style uh, handle scale which ends in a sharp edge there, uh, it can be a little uncomfortable, whereas he's taken it and done a little divot there. And I've, I've done that on a few of my knives if I'm intending it to be like uh, useful in a bunch of different grips. So I really, right. I like that feature they did. And of course the the overall knife is really pretty sweet, except I thought it was a little handle heavy. Would be the only yeah, other thing I, I'd say. I think it's, and that was what I thought too. Um, this knife reminded me of a knife that was designed on uh, on my old forum in the outdoor survival section. Yeah. They did a knife called the OSF knife. Yeah. And if you put them side by side, they're almost they have the same they have the same feel to it. Yeah. Um, they're really they're really similar. I think the the OSF knife looked like it was a spear point is the only difference I could tell. And then there yeah. were minor cosmetic differences, but overall they look identical to me. Right. And it was um uh that they just, you know, they just reminded reminded me of the same the same style knife, and and uh, so I I was able to grab it, and and I think I, I think I would be happy with it. I like I said, I think it's a little handle heavy. Um, yeah. And I don't, I, you know, I would carry it probably the same times I would carry my o, OSF knife. You know that that happens when you have uh, an adequate handle, uh, meaning it it it's got enough bulk to it that it fills up your hand. And mm-hmm. you have a relatively thin steel with a relatively short blade, you know. So that mm-hmm. that's the problem you run into making a knife that's proportionally correct is you either have to make it as a stick tang or you have to you have to like hollow not hollow but uh, what am I trying to say skeletonize the hell out of the handle, um, and. You know, even then, sometimes it doesn't doesn't give you the greatest balance, um, right? Which is one of the one of the challenges of making a full tang knife uh, that balances well. Well, and and I think that the the OSF knife has got a taper tang in it. Yeah, but even even with a taper, you're not removing a huge amount of metal. I've I've done a few of those, and it, it does shift it a little bit, but it doesn't. It's not a drastic thing. You know, you, you pretty much have to <clears throat> skeletonize the heck out of that tang if you want decent balance. And then, then the question becomes, you know, are you getting everything you thought you were getting if with a full tang? If you, what, if, if you skeleton, if, if you, you I mean, it? if you skeletonize it to the degree that it's going to take to balance those big, heavy micarta scales with a with a teeny tiny little blade. On the front. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not. Them? Now, let me back up and just say that I'm not like a huge believer in the necessity of a full tang anyway. 
But yeah. people who do think they're getting some completely indestructible bomb ass thing and, you know, less steel is less steel, period. Well, you know, yeah. So yeah, but there's wasted steel too. Y- yes, but it's <clears throat> but th- if I take a um, if I take Look, an I beam, sky- wait, listen, stop, 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 stop. Those are if I take those same skyscrapers with those I I beams and start cutting out and hollowing out big huge areas, what? it's not the same. beams are they are they so let's let's accept that they are structurally designed to be able to support that now let's take and modify them by skeletonizing them yeah but you're not you're missing the point there already are an i-beam already is a skeletonized beam Mm, no it's a it's an i-beam which is a very very specific thing and then they i i get what you're trying to say but the buildings are designed around that. So the, the people that engineer those buildings are building them with the structural strength and the characteristics of an I-beam in mind. Now You're let's, putting the cart before the horse. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Cart, yes, you they, are. They have those Fucking I-beams. listen to me for a minute. Listen to me for a <laughs> we're fucking minute. We're saying the same exact thing. Listen to thing. me for a minute. We're saying the no, same thing. No, we're not. Because you're saying that the buildings are engineered. No, you're trying to say is fucking talk over me. Twist a bunch of shit around to defend people who say that full tang knives that are skeletonized are just as strong as full tang knives that are not. And they're fucking wrong. I'm telling you. It's I'm not telling you they are. I'm telling you they are. They aren't. I am telling you they are. And I know more about it than you do. Less steel. <laughs> Ask I'm any telling engineer. you more about it than you. It's a, it's a marketing. You're right. More st- full tang thing is a marketing thing anyway. And if you lessen what you are calling a full tang, it's not. It, it's Kyle, the same you're full thing. of shit. No, you're I'm not. No, I'm not. It's fucking science. It's not my opinion. Less steel is less steel. That's not my opinion. Then, then I want you to tell me why they, they somebody designed an I beam. Why didn't they fucking make? Why did they not Be- make full full steel? Um, because they don't. Girders? They don't need it. But they're also well, they not marketing that. the building as saying <laughs> this is a building with full huge four inch by four inch steel girders. This is all I'm saying, well, and I don't believe in well, the necessity of it anyway. So I'm not. No, I'm not but, saying but that. I'm, I and what I'm saying opinion. is, I'll guarantee you that you can't take a fucking skeletonized tang knife and fucking break the handle any more than you can break a handle of one that's got that weighs four pounds heavier because it's not skeletonized. I agree with you, except <clears> that. I I agree with you that no user under any kind of normal conditions is ever going to notice a difference, except that the the fully full tang knife is going to be be is going to be balanced off and it's going to be heavier. Except that 
if you if you leave all of that steel in there, more steel is still more steel, and it's still more. It doesn't mean it's stronger. It's not doesn't mean it's stronger. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Science disagrees. It isn't going to make a difference. Well, I know. Under that's why I I have never said that you know you absolutely have to have a full tang knife. I mean, it, that's the the concept to me is absolutely ridiculous. Like I'm never, I'm never going to use a knife like I would an axe, or a freaking pickaxe. Well, even or if you did, like that it wouldn't matter. Uh, with yeah, but but <laughs> that's, but the that's the whole that's the whole but point. The point is, is like you've got all these people around here, and some of this you can thank Loveless for, because because at least Loveless's Wikipedia page, and I'm not sure. How accurate that is, but Loveless's Wikipedia page says that he basically popularized the full tang with micarta slab handles. So I don't I don't I know would, if that's accurate history. We that. there's a lot of people that know a lot more history than I do, but oh, I think I think I would agree with that. I think that's that's a fair statement to say. Well, and then if you look at other people who've done that, um, we know some people that were like directly working with Loveless. And those knives look pretty goddamn similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but uh, I, I've never thought that you need that. But you know, well, hey, there's a couple things that are going on there. One of them is there's ease of ease of uh, manufacturing. Oh yeah, they're fucking easier to make. <clears throat> yeah. Um, they're easier to water jet. Yep. They're easier to glue on scales. I mean, yep. they're just easier all around to make. Yep. Um, any of the stack leather handle stuff is probably not going to break if you do. Oh if God, you, no! If you build the knife correct, correctly, yep. you're not likely to have an issue with it. You know, I mean, it just and it's a. But then you have something that tends to be more blade heavy. Yeah. Um, Unless you put a like a brass pommel or something on it, mm-hmm. you can you can balance them out, but. Um, I, I just don't ever see somebody breaking, you know, like uh, the Randall stick tangs. Most of the Randalls that I've seen are quarter inch thick steel, you know, mm-hmm. and the stick on that is going to be also a quarter inch to make it easier to drill the, you know, drill all the stuff and all that. I just don't see somebody being able to break a, a quarter inch piece thick of hardened steel under normal circumstances. Unless the, the 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 way you get that is if the blade is hard, uh, it, you can you can break it right where they connect. And and you saw yeah. you saw a blade in my uh, shop that I actually had that happen to an almost finished yep. blade get chunked out of there. Yeah, you can you can you can break that. Um, I mean, you can break them. And I think guys are more apt to break the tip off a knife than oh yeah than any than anything else, but. I mean, you can break a you can break a uh, knife if you're putting, um, especially stick tangs, if you're if you're batoning them. Yeah, it's possible to to do that. Yeah, because you're 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 because what people tend to do is they tend to put the blade in there. They're holding up on the handle and whacking down on the blade, and it creates uh, yeah, flex, flexion between the blade and the tang, and that's repeated parts of that will will break it. So what you do is you just um you can you can baton with a folder as long as you're not putting any kind of force on the handle. 
right. you know, and as long as it's not locked open. And again, I don't, I don't recommend this. It's stupid. Get a fucking axe, dummy. But, right. you know, I don't know. Cause, you know, when I started doing them, my kindling this year, I had this grand idea that, uh, you know, every once in a while I'd use a parang to do the kindling. That lasted for one log. <laughs> and I got an axe. <laughs> I just got my, uh, you know what works great is that Grand First Malls, uh, Grand First Brooks, uh, splitting mall. Yeah. For, it, oh, and because yeah. the one I have has the little bit shorter handle, it's a little bit lighter weight. That thing makes <clears throat> kindling all day long. You know, I don't have to start a fire every day, um, because I, pretty much have a perpetual fire going, <clears throat> but I did get, pick up a, um, oh, let's see, what is it? It is a Snow and Neely little splitting mall. It's about, I don't know, two foot long, maybe, uh-huh. and it's got like a four pound splitting mall head on it. Oh, that'd be all right for kindling. So it's, yeah, so it's like a little hand, uh, Little hand uh, splitting mall, kind of cool. Yeah, a little different. A little different. Yeah. So what? So what else do you know? What's going on? Well, um, let's see. Knives in the news. Um, gosh, people have sent me links, but it was we had such a long break that I didn't. Uh, oh, the knives and hipsters, but we talked about that last time. Um, let's see, police, uh, Dover woman menace victims with knives. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yesterday, uh, uh, a Dover woman burglarized a home on Christmas night while the residents were there and menaced them with a knife, according to state police spokesman, uh, Melissa McNorris. Uh, Brandy Perry, 26, was charged with second-degree burglary, a felony, and the misdemeanors of fourth-degree criminal possession of a weapon and second-degree menacing with a weapon. So she's uh, in jail, and uh, she also got hit by a car when trying to escape police custody. So there's that heartwarming knife news. Uh, Nice. In the Bay Area five hours ago. Uh, I'm guessing it's uh, San Francisco Bay. Although, why would this be uh, Peninsula? Oh, Palo Alto, yeah, so it's uh, San Francisco area. Palo Alto police say a suspect armed with a knife uh, was killed Friday night when officers opened fire after the suspect charged at officers. So, um, there'll be all these crazy things about that, I'm sure. You know, because if somebody's attacking you with a knife, you shouldn't respond with a gun. <laughs> That's how stupid people are. Like, oh, pe- people aren't real bright. They can't help. Well, it. and he was he was uh, he was 20 feet away when they <clears throat> shot him, and he was charging at him. It's like so. Yeah, and uh, so here's here's a drill. We did this at my concealed carry class, right? Jim and I are going to stand back to back, okay? And I'm going to have a target uh, off, you know, a certain distance away, um, eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, about 20 feet away. Then two feet in front of me is going to be a table. And on the table is going to be a <coughs> firearm um, that is in the same 
condition it would be if I was carrying it, right? So uh, when the instructor says go, Jim is going to take off running, and I'm going to pick up the gun and fire at the sheet of paper. Jim will be 30, a minimum of 30 feet away before I'm able to accomplish that. So how fast do you think it is if, if you've got a guy running at you with a, a knife, how, how fast, I mean, how far away should they be before you like take action? And the, the answer that Michigan says, the state of Michigan says is, uh, anything within 21 feet and you're golden. Because, you know, people can cover 21 feet and like way, way quick, quick, quick. Yeah, I'm not real happy with that, with that rule, uh-huh. 21 feet rule, because uh, I've seen it demonstrated where a guy was was literally oh, well over 50 feet, more like 75 feet away in a in a big hall running uphill because it was an auditorium type seating. He ran uphill. At a fellow with a with a um, an orange gun or a red gun in a holster, uh-huh. and his uh, his only instruction was, "I want you to take the gun out of the holster and and say bang bang twice by the when when you feel as though you're uncomfortable, like I'm going to get to you." And I don't care who did it, they got stabbed. Yeah, <laughs> there was like four guys tried it. Well, it, and yeah, and it and it and it just it because what happens is you're you get deceived and and the amount of ground that you can cover in uh in a second is is absolutely amazing and it takes milliseconds for you to to recognize the threat to process it to tell your hand to go for your gun yeah Th- that's not an instantaneous thing it's no, there's no I mean, some people do it faster than others, but guess what? Most of the guys couldn't do it. He, the guy that the guy that had the rubber knife, got to almost every one of those guys. Okay, yeah, and then because they because they were at, because they were they were thinking twenty one feet rule. And look, if you have a guy like Jesse Owens running at you because he's wicked fast, and for people yeah, that know and- that Jesse Owens was the was the. Um, the superstar that during uh, the 19, what was it, 30? Yeah, he beat Hitler, basically, Olympics. yeah. Yeah, he, he was very, very fast. But if you figure somebody that runs a 10-flat uh, a 100-yard dash or a 4-second 40-yard dash. That's is, 120 feet in 4 <laughs> seconds. That's wicked fast. We're talking about 21 feet in how long? A second and a half? No, not even a second. You know? Yeah. So... So if you if you have somebody like that, or you have somebody in a freaking with a walker, I mean, which one is? I mean, how can you just determine the threat if you got somebody coming at you with a walker, with a with a knife, and they're within twenty one feet, and you shoot them? I, I'm I'm highly doubtful that that twenty one one foot rule is going to save your ass in a court of right. law. Right, and then and then here's here's the <clears throat> the problem. We there's a couple other things to bring up. It's that. When you're in that situation, you don't know if that guy is Jesse Owens or if he's got a, a club foot. Well, obviously, if he's got a walker. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, you don't you don't know if if right. you're seeing somebody there, you don't know what their capabilities are. And then later, right. his mom's going to be on TV and and going to be saying, "Well, he was turning his life around, 
and yeah. you know all this crap and you know he never hurt nobody and he couldn't run all that fast and you know because he had a thorn in his listen, foot how do you how do you fucking know any of that and, when and somebody's listen, coming at you with a knife and listen those are the guys that are saying shit like that on tv they're just like the people that are going to be judging you exactly with, your, with you know so well and then it is yeah but it's it's a rough uh it's a rough uh you know rough road to hold to make that decision okay so then then here's the other thing and a lot of our listeners will be able to relate to this because I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners have hunted in one form or another. Um, like say, say you're a deer hunter. Okay. A lot of our listeners are deer hunters. Um, how many times ever, um, and Jim and I are a little bit different story, but how many times ever have you seen where you shoot and hit a deer and it just falls over dead right there? Out of out of ten times that you shoot a deer, and Jim, you don't count because you shoot them in the eye. Like the the <laughs> average person, if you if you do a, a freaking solid heart lung hit and just completely blow up their heart, how many times do you ever see that deer just fall over and die? You know, I I tell a story a lot about about my old man. Um, he shot a deer. He he shot a three hundred magnum. <clears throat> my dad was a was an awesome shot. And I uh, uh, saw this buck about 100, 100 yards away on a dead-ass run. Um, could see the horns were fairly substantial, but didn't really know how substantial they were. So it ended up being about an eight-point mm-hmm. eight, eight with the little brow tine. Yeah. And uh, he uh, lifted up on it and, and touched it off and, and uh, couldn't – was like the deer never broke stride. That deer ran about another 100 yards, and my dad racked another, well, he, he ran quite a while until my dad racked another shell in and and said, you know, he must have, he said, I must have missed that damn thing. And he put another shell in and, and let it quite a bit and shot it in the face, shot, hit it right, took it right across the nose, right in front of the, right in front of the eyeballs. And the deer t- just toppled over. I mean, yeah. just, it just crumbled. And it could have been just the force of the, of the bullet hitting him in the face. I mean, it didn't hit his vitals. I mean, it just hit him in the face. It hit him, didn't hit him in the brain. Well, he was probably just about out of gas, too. Right, exactly. And so we went over there, you know, and like I said, he crumbled. When he, when my dad took the second shot, he crumbled right over. Went over there and looked at it, and big bullet hole in the face, you know, and, and uh, we were kind of chuckling. I was like, man, that was, a, that was a smoking shot. And I looked back, and I was like, well, hell, there's, it's, this deer's shot right in the... Right, right in the bread basket. I mean, it was right behind the front shoulder. Yeah. And when I, when I, um, well, a little bit lower than the, than the front shoulder, but I, when I gutted that deer out, there was no heart in it at all. Yeah, it's just vaporized. At it. all. And it ran, it ran probably, I bet you it ran a good 50, 60 yards before he took the second shot. And it probably would have ran 100 yards. Yeah. Easy. And when I say full, I mean, it's like one of those, not the tail flopping and the bounding run. It was like the full ass. You don't see nothing but freaking straight back and head down, and that deer was just running. Yeah, yeah, and and so like, and, and you know, so with that, um, you know, I've I've hit the hell out of deer, and I've seen them run a long ways, uh, and that's why even if you know you hit the deer, 
you're not supposed to just run out of your stand and run off or after them because even if they're dead, they're gonna they it they uh, you you do, you can completely if you could instantaneously take a heart out of a deer like just instantaneously you had a a special machine that just boom like that it would yeah, it's it, called a 300 wind mag right but completely <laughs> and totally just completely disconnect it so that there's no doubt that the deer is dead there's they you still have enough uh blood pressure in your brain to to uh, until until you lose enough blood you're still able to function and do everything yeah now the other thing is your they they always say well you know they shot him seven times in the chest like why'd they do that you know they obviously they overkilled him you cannot see your bullets hitting this isn't you you don't know until the person actually stops dead that that they're not a threat anymore until they stop doing whatever the hell there it is they're doing because you can't see the bullets hit they're wearing right. clothing and they're not a piece of paper you know and so these these police shooting things you gotta you right. you can't just sit there and second well, guess based on information that you know after the shooting happened you know. Yep. Well, with with the man, there's two incapacitating stop shots when somebody's walking. Yeah, one is in the hip. If you hit if you hit the if you hit, shoot somebody in the hip, uh, just above the thigh, uh, right right in that joint there, they're tipping over. Yeah, but that's a that's a miracle shot. That's an accidental that? shot. What do you mean? If you hit somebody in the hip? Yeah, that's why you aim for center mass. I understand. Yeah. That. But if you but if you hit somebody in the hip, they go down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you, you know, don't I aim mean, for which, that. Which surprises me. Which surprises me is what if somebody's running at you, that's probably the best shot, unless it's a headshot. Hip is easier to shoot at. But anyways, regardless, that shot or the other incapacitating shot that will stop somebody in their tracks, obviously, is C- the headshot. Yeah, CNS. In the eyeball. Yeah, spine or the, uh, spine or head is the is the only other one. Yep. And the and the headshot is the only one that will stop somebody from pulling a trigger. Yeah. The 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 um, the brain shot, a, a frontal lobe shot, is the only one that will stop somebody from pulling a trigger. So if you had a if you had a hostage where somebody had a hostage and they were holding a gun to somebody's head. Um, yeah, you have to shoot the him in the head. The only shot that's going to stop that is in the, in right between the eyeballs. Yeah, you got to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that disconnects them and just pulls the plug on them. They don't do anything after that. Well, anyway, it's it, it's always frustrating to hear all these people that think they know everything there is to know about, uh, you know, human physiology and all this pipe off about, you know, oh, you know, they shot him seven times. That's overkill. You know, excessive. The fuck you. Why 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 don't you go out there and and uh, let somebody run at you with a knife and see how many times you shoot them. And you're not going to shoot. They could have shot him in the leg. No, they couldn't. No, they couldn't have. How? How are you going to hit a target that's moving uh, four times as fast as the person is moving reliably? And how do you know that that's going to stop them from trying to kill you? You don't. Like, this is all information. This is like movie shit. You know, it's not like in the movies, people. Um, I got to get a cup of coffee. All right. And then I got some other mail to read too. Oh, and I got a, I got, we got to talk about the snowman update and yep. uh, our man in the field sent in an update. 
So we'll be right right back. All right, bye. Some, uh, I got some emails to read. All right. I have. Uh, I gotta find them all again. I've got one from. Uh, oh, let's see. I don't think I read this one from Benny. Uh, it says, "Hi guys, I really enjoy your podcast. I listen to it often." I think I'm going to take a swing at it and try to make a couple knives. I would greatly appreciate any advice you could give me on this. Thanks, loyal listener Benny R. Sent from my iPhone. Well, obviously you've listened to some of them. We've given an awful lot of advice. I hope that that's uh, uh, and we'll continue to do so as you um, as you progress. But I think we've pretty much. I don't know if you have any advice for him to. As starting out, as a starting out knife maker. Yep. Uh, I think. Um, Keep it simple, maybe. Yeah, you know that what it's like when you're learning a musical instrument. Uh, pick what helped. Uh, what always helped me, because I've learned to play a bunch of different instruments. But what always helped me was I would find somebody who. Uh, who had a style that I really liked, and then uh, I would try to copy that style and figure out what it was they were doing. Uh, and then once you figure out what they're doing, then you you find a new style and you kind of work towards that. So what I would do is I would pick a knife, um, like any any kind of a full tang knife that you admire and then try to make it um you know just try to copy it especially if you already have that knife um and then you know i'd I'd start from there the other piece of advice i'd give is to buy good equipment um when you're first starting out uh what i started out with for a grinder was a kalamazoo one by 30 that is now sitting underneath my bench collecting dust. But the reason I bought that first is I didn't know if I was going to like it all that much, uh, and uh, I didn't know if I'd be any good at it. And that was enough of a grinder that I was able to make you know, quite a few little knives with it, and then I bought the real thing. So My, my advice would be to have thick skin. Yeah. When you start out. Yeah, because oh. yeah, you, 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 there's no, you, you don't start off making good stuff. <laughs> you know, it's just yep. just one of those things. And um, don't try to sell anything for a long time. 
You know, yeah. what you can do is uh, make stuff for yourself, um, get good at the craft. The other thing that would help immensely is to go to a Bark River grind-in. I'd say that that was the biggest leap um, for me that I made was going to one of those grind-ins. Uh, cool. Yeah. All right. So then I got this next one. Okay. And it's from uh, uh, my daughter-in-law, Christy. Okay. They said, um, hey, thanks for the shout-out. Steve and I just listened to episode 87 and heard our names. We're famous. Woohoo! Yeah. We also heard the infamous Boomer sneeze twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love you. So that's a nice one. I like that one. Yeah. And um, uh, I've got a... Um, Got it. Just got this the other day. It said, "Just wondering about your take on this knife." Okay, and it's a, a scuba demo. Uh, that was what he has in in his uh, in his uh, subject line. Uh, it says, "Sog scuba demo," and it says, "Just wondering your take on this knife." I have one. I've never seen one of the original brass guard leather washer handle versions, which I don't think they made it any other way. He said, it's really not my kind of knife due to materials and the blade design. Plus, it's so expensive that I would never use it. What sort of knife would you give? What sort of value would you give this knife if I wanted to try to trade it for a, for a couple of users? The condition of the knife is near mint, but the sheath has signs of wear. That's a neat-looking knife. Reality. They don't oh, use yeah. that for scuba, yep. do they? Yeah. Really? Well, that's that's what it was designed. That's what... That's what it. Uh, the original blade. The blade shape is uh, almost identical to the middle. The original um, uh, Randall Model 16 and a lot of dive knives of that period. Right. I like that. Um, huh. They. They are. Uh, I mean, I don't know as I would use that for for um, for diving. Uh-huh. But it it is kind of a sexy looking knife. It has some, it has some nice. Uh, Nice design elements. Um, uh-huh. uh, it, but it is a copy of a 16 blade. Yeah. They say, uh, okay, so off of SOG's website, uh, the scuba slash demo is the rarest of special forces SOG knives in, addis- in addition. In fact, only one original is known to exist today. Originally, 39 were made. And 38 of these were delivered to the Naval Advisory Detachment for missions in North Vietnamese coastline. So I'm I'm assuming they're um, they're talking about ones that. So I'm sure Sog made for a while uh, copies of that, right? right. But the original ones Correct. they don't they don't have right. anymore. Well, they're they're making one now. Uh, I like the original better with the stacked leather handle. They're making the same blade with a, it's a blackened blade, like gunmetal bluing, and then a blackened uh-huh. guard, and then it's got like a plastic grip with finger notches on it. So I, I don't like the really? grip, but um, I like the original looking one that with the stacked leather. That's badass. Sog Demo 2.0. Yeah, that's oh, the one. I guess I didn't realize this was even out there. Yeah, and they go. This must be like the. This must be like their real, like so one that you would use diving. Yeah, they it goes for 124 bucks. Uh, it's uh, it the the stuff says uh, spectacular reproduction of one of the rarest special forces Sog knives. 
uh, dual serrated and straight edge, seven and quarter inch AUS eight steel blade as a spear point with a black uh, titanium nickel finish. Um, synthetic rubber handle, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I like that knife. I'm pretty, I like the looks of it a lot. Because it looks like a Randall. Yeah, that, that looks like my Model 16. Yep. Uh, what else? Do I don't you know what the what, what the, the value? value would be, but yeah. seems like it'd be, you know, well, the the stack leather handle one is better. Yeah, it's more valuable than the other one. Yeah, I'd, I I I don't know what do, what do you I'd think they go for? Two fifty, three hundred bucks probably. Yeah, I'd pay that for that knife. <clears throat> um, what else do you have? Let's see. I got uh, Jimmy Seymour. Uh, awesome job on the podcast guys Kyle you're right on the heat treat formulas you get on the net it should also vary with equipment I now use salt pots so I do things a little different for heat treat formulas go to pipefreeblades.com okay as for the the RC60 chipping out it shouldn't unless you have done a subpar heat treatment or have a large grain or have large grain to being with, and I don't normalize before heat treating. Uh-huh. I've cut bolts in half at RC16 with 01 and 52100 without ever turning the edge. Dropping them on a concrete floor should should hurt the floor more than the knife. Yeah, provided it's Here, been tempered, yeah. Here's a picture of me cutting a, a, a quarter inch, a quarter 20 bolt with a, well, Jimmy, I'm sorry, but a I have a pair of I have a pair of wire uh, cutters that cut a quarter twenty bolts that are like little squeeze wire cutters. So that's not really that right. But he's what I think what he's getting at is it didn't chip the blade. Right. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. But that's a but you know a quarter twenty is not like a okay. No. But they're yeah. they're soft. They're kind of soft anyways. Yeah, but still um, it didn't chip the blade. You know. Right. So if you're gonna roll it, you're gonna roll it on that more than on a piece of wood. Also, you need to mark quench at 01 uh, to get the toughness. Easy to do in salt pots, but real hard, real hard to do with oil. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Instagram, Seymour Knives. Again, Yeah, yeah, Seymour Knives. That's really good. Yeah, yep. his stuff is awesome. I like his stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's a great, he's a great knife maker. Yeah. Um, great knife maker. Yeah. Um, got anything else? Um, let's see one more. Well, you're just a snowman report. Okay. Um, I'll get to that, but, uh, 
Remember on the last podcast, we talked about what to do with the tines of antlers, and you suggested yep. making a slip joint. Well, yep. uh, Corey Murphy listened to that podcast and posted uh, two gorgeous photos on or a, a, a one photo of two gorgeous uh, slip joints made with the with the butt of the antler uh, uh-huh. that TM Hunt did uh, like quite a while ago. So the butt of the antler. You mean the tie? Yeah, no, the the butt part that I make. Okay. Yeah, the back part of a skagel knife with that part. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and so they they'd already kind of done it and worked out some of the bugs. And so after I saw that, I was like, well, I'm gonna have to. I have to figure it out. So actually, I showed Jim, um, and I'll, when it's finished, I'll show an Instagram, and I'll sh- also do a, a processes thing. But I actually uh, took a tine and made just a little sixteenth um, inch O1 tool steel blade that I have to heat treat yet. Um, but it actually does does work, um, and it's going to make kind of a neat little knife when it's all said and done. But I, I'm not going to sell this one because I'm uh, learning how to do this. Did you put a pin in it? Yeah, Is yeah. That, there's you... it's it's pinned. It actually works now. So I okay, I, cool. I got it all. It, it, the geometry works and everything. I I drew the the blade out in SketchUp to try to get get it so that everything lines up like it's supposed to. And then um, and then I of course you have to make little tweaks once it's actually in there. So I, right. I did all of that before heat treat, and uh, in a few days it should be done, and I'll have pictures of the process and all that. Um, cool. And then I did the slot like we talked about. So uh, the so when you're doing one of these uh, friction folders, um, there's the blade, and then there's the little, uh, for lack of a better word, a tang part uh, that that goes into the that slips around into the back of the handle there and then your your hand and and thumb on top of that holds that um down uh well you'd have to see a picture of how that's done but that that part needs to be full thickness cut all the way through uh where for the length of the tang but then your blade is going to be a little bit longer than that tang part and for that part, you just carve out a little trough in the handle. That that shouldn't be full thickness. So I did the cut to accommodate the tang with a jig jigsaw, not a jigsaw, a uh, hacksaw, and then widened it with files. And then I did the little trough for the blade to rest in uh, with files. So um, anyway, neat 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 little project. Um, I enjoy these. This will be the first actual folding knife that I've ever made, uh, and I'm going to keep it for myself because it it make a l- nice little box cutter, you know, a mm-hmm. little thing to open boxes with, which is what I seem to be doing most with my knives nowadays. Uh, then the other thing I'm working on, uh, and I talked about this on a on a private. Uh, uh, Facebook forum. Uh, if you look at Randall knives, like the Randall Model One or the Airman, I have the Airman. Uh, there's a swedge on top. Some people might call that a false edge. Uh, on every knife that I've made thus far that has a swedge, 
there's a plunge line where the swedge stops. Okay, so if you if you go to Versteg blades, you can see different blades that I've made that have uh, like a clip point on them, and then it'll have a swedge on the top, and then at the at the point where the swedge stops on the spine of the blade, there's a vertical line. Um, so there's a plunge line there. Well, the the thing that I like about those Randalls is it's ground to the point where there's no plunge line. It just goes straight across, and there's no plunge line there. And I, I was asking how they did that because I figured, you know, there's got to be some formula for the geometry of how to do that. And there, I know there is, but then then I remembered, well, these are knife makers; they're just going to wing it. <laughs> so there is the, there is no formula. It's like it's like trying to put a formula on what makes the fucking. A uh, Corvette look like a good, a, yeah, uh, yeah, a sexy car. There's no formula. Well, no, there. but, it's all but, eyeballs. But, but what I mean is there, there would be, there, there has to be a geometric formula for the angle of. It's difficult to describe, but there is a there is a geometric relationship that you could describe um, of how to do that. I just don't have the mathematical, you know. What, what's the uh, sophistication to be able to describe it? But then, if I don't, nobody does. <laughs> you know, there's no knife makers. See, well, yeah. what I'm, you know, a lot of times you'll have like. So I was uh, overthinking it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of times you'll have, um, you know, things that are designed by a committee. Yeah. And and you end up with something that looks like it was designed by a committee because there's no, no consistency to it, no consistency through it. And, uh, and I think that that's, you're trying to think like a committee and a lot of times with knife making and, and art in general, it's very difficult to think like a committee. Yeah. Um, You know, I know they teach art with the, with the two thirds, one third, you know, yeah, that kind of stuff. But, but you know what? It's, that's like the gross motor skills of a baby. Yeah. You know, to, as opposed to the fine artwork of uh, Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah. You know, the, the, I'm sure that Leonardo da Vinci did not say, figure out and go, okay, uh, two-thirds, one-third, and I, this is where I'm going to start my painting. Yeah. Or this is where I'm going to start my design. You know, I mean, those guys don't – I mean, they're so far beyond – Yeah. It's, it's, it's not even something that you can quantify, I yeah. think. Well, I, w- I was just trying to f- to – to understand it mathematically, and I know there's a way to do it, but I'm not sure you need to. Um, so I have a a knife uh, that'll be knife number ten, Michigan made, that I'm uh, gonna do as a spear point with that uh, uh, plungeless swedge on it. Uh, it's normalizing right now. I forged the garden this morning, and it, it's normalizing as we speak. Um, so look for that. Uh, most of what I'm so I've probably explained this before, um, but if anybody hasn't heard this explanation, what I'm doing might seem like a little goofy. So if you look at the knives I've made, one through um, eight, have I guess I've posted so far, they're all different. Uh, and there's only one knife that I've made, one through eight, that's a repeat of something I ever did before. And I, so, and I made an imp just because people were bugging me for one. But um, the uh, what I'm doing is I'm trying to work out 
how to do different things. Uh, and so each, each knife I do, I should be learning something new, uh, like some new technique or, you know, some, some different style that I haven't done before. And, uh, so that, that way, you know, I don't get bored. Um, cause really the, the fun for me in knife making is the design and learning, you know, different stuff and how to do different things. It's not necessarily the, the grinding over and over again of the same shape. So my stuff right now looks just crazy all over the place and it's that way by design. Um, uh, speaking of which, uh, we have a giveaway to announce given that it's the Christmas Ooh, season. Yeah. We haven't done a giveaway in a while, and I haven't given anything away in a while. So I decided to give away uh, Michigan Made Knife Number 7. And I'll post a photo of this on Instagram and also on the Knife Journal uh, Facebook page. <coughs> and if you want this knife, even if you've won before, I don't care. The only requirements are. Uh, you got to live somewhere where I can ship it, so we're talking United States. Uh, you got to be over 18 or just have your dad uh, enter for you. Uh, and that's about it. So even if you've won before, I don't care. But what you have to do to win it is you have to sign up. I'm going to post a little thread on uh, the KnifeJournal.com Facebook page. And then... You can win it there. We'll draw it next weekend, like New Year's Day or something. Sound good? Sounds good to so me. So the knife itself is uh, 14 inches overall length. It's got a 9-inch uh, blade, 01 tool steel, hardened to... I, I softened this one a little bit because I figured people would be chopping into shit with it. I softened it to about 56, 57. And... Uh, it's a flat grind with not full full height, partial height flat grind with a swedge and a convex edge. I forged the guard in, and the handle is this product that Macecraft sells now called G-Wood. It's pretty cool. It's layers of uh, G-10 and wood that they've laminated together. Uh, really kind of a striking look. So, giving that away, uh, if you happen to be one of the lucky people to have bought an original Marine Raider Bowie from me, uh, this fits in that sheath. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have to get somebody to make a sheath. I would humbly suggest Dwayne Keith Puckett of Armor All Leather, uh, A-R-M-O-R-L-L-E-A-T-H-E-R.com. Uh, he's very good at making sheaths. And these who I've had make all of my leather sheaths so far. But there are a lot of people, so if you know somebody that you prefer, use them. But that's the guy I like. Uh, that works. All right. Uh, update from our man in the field first or snowman? Either or. Okay. 
I'm going to splice we in. We haven't heard from our man in the field for a while. Yeah, so what I'm going to do right now is I'll slice in the uh, snowman, splice in the snowman update from the road, over the road trucker. Yeah. Uh, the road warrior. Yeah. <laughs> He's bounding down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound just like no bandit run. Keep your foot hard on the pedal. Hey, good morning, Kyle and Jim. This is the snowman, your man on the road, your man behind the wheel. And uh, I just finished episode 68 this morning. Uh, the other day I listened to episode 88 last Friday. And you guys, uh, Kyle gave me the snowman handle as a fan of the Smokey and the Bandit movie. And a fan of Jerry Reed, I'm proud to have that handle, and I like it. Jim, you suggested that maybe I could uh, throw some input from the life on the road. So that's why I'm making this little recording for you this morning. My rant, real quick, is truck stop knives. You go into truck stops, maybe you've just got an itch to spend a little money, or... Uh, You just want to check out the racks. Nine times out of ten, if you go in, you're going to see the same thing that I see, and that is the top shelf has got their high-quality knives, and those knives are typically uh, companies like those that don't make left-handed knives or knives uh, that share the same company name as Baby Food. And... You know, they're promoted or, or sponsored or, or endorsed by guys that do the survival stuff. And somehow every picture on the, the packaging has got the guy with his knife in hand and mud all over his face. Um, and I don't know what that's all about. I would encourage anyone to try to get a job or uh, a craft that doesn't require you to have mud on your face just to sell a product but that's my recommendation but you look at the second shelf on these uh, truck stop knife displays and it's usually a bunch of generic made in China 1999 12.99 to 1999 blades and some are painted with NASCAR numbers or camouflage and they're usually the kind of knives that you would break the tip of the blade off just trying to cut packaging tape and then you look down on the bottom shelf and there's a bunch of fantasy Klingon type knives that if you ever got in a real Klingon battle and had to stab your opponent you would uh, probably break off one of the bat wing shaped blades into your opponent's chest so don't buy any crappy truck stop knives just order something online uh, for one of the sponsors of the Knife Journal podcast, and when you get back home, it should be there waiting for you, and you'll always have something to look forward to. So that's my rant about truck stop knives. My other recommendation, as I've just been listening to the episode 
uh, several episodes where uh, you've got hipsters that are wanting to become real men. And uh, you've had some good feedback from listeners as well as recommendations from Jim and Kyle. My recommendation is get a Class A or Class B license. A commercial driver's license will never steer you wrong, uh, pun intended. Even if you don't plan on being a career trucker, if you ever need to relocate or you find your corporate job lays you off or uh, uh, your company goes out of business, you'll always be able to find a job driving a truck and it's a good skill to have. It'll keep your life a little cleaner because you got to live a pretty decent party-free life um, because of random drug tests and the fact that they expect you to drive sober um, when you're driving a commercial vehicle. Uh, so there's some good pluses to having a commercial driver's license. So that's my recommendation if you want to become a real man. Um, certainly add that uh, CDL into your r- real man resume. So that's that. This is the snowman. Hey, you know what? I'll say one more thing. I've got two college degrees. I have worked in the corporate world, and it's not for me. I like who I am when I come home to my family when I drive a truck. When I close that door, that's essentially me punching a time clock, and I don't think about work. The only thought that I have is what time I start the next day, and that's why I do it. I don't do it because I can't go out there and get some salary job. Uh, In fact, a lot of times you'll find in the trucking industry, the folks telling the truckers what to do are making less in their salary job full of stress than the drivers are. So there's a little more uh, push for you to get your CDL, commercial driver's license. So this is a snowman. I'm signing off. I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And uh, remember, grind knives, not gears. Interesting little update there. Lots of yep. fun. Yep. 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 Appreciate it. Uh, so, how about uh, our man in the field? So, as usual, Get him. as usual, I got a letter on the back of. You probably got one of these too. Hand, handwritten. I haven't seen it yet. No, I mean you've you've gotten a letter. Oh from yeah, him yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yep, yep, it's yep, on the yep. back of. Uh, it's awesome. Country- I can't wait for him to come up here. Yeah, hopefully he will soon. But anyway, so in the town he lives, there's like an old-fashioned general store with like just very few, like the amount of groceries that you would find in a convenience store. Only 
for some reason, they have everything you need there, but it's tiny. Yeah, it's in small cans. Right. <laughs> or small boxes. And so every every week they put out a little flyer, or sometimes every day, a little typed at a typewriter flyer of their special. That's mimeographed. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then, so it's like this old fashioned thing. I just love these things. And, uh, one of the announcements on the back of this particular one is an open house. And it says the name of the town public library is hosting their Christmas open house on Wednesday, December 16th from 2 to 5 p.m. Please join them as you celebrate the holidays. And he says, there's a little comment in there. I'm furnishing a spicy Braunschweiger dip. <laughs> Ooh. Yep. <laughs> uh, Actually, that sounds, I love that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people hate that shit. I love that. Yeah. I, it's, uh, you know, I never got <clears throat> into it. My mom loved it. She used to take a slice of it and put it on a piece of bread and eat it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's exactly the way you do it. Yeah. Actually, there's a there's a um, a place that we have lunch sometimes. Kathy and I do, and she gets a they have a sandwich that I don't remember what it's called, but it's um it's Braunschweiger, um, alfalfa sprouts, Havarati cheese, and um, spicy mustard, and it, it's a really really good sandwich. Nice, yeah. And so yep. you know, I I've never gotten into it, but you know, people love it. I think you kind of had to develop a taste for it when you were a little kid, and I never did. So, right. Okay, so the letter reads, dated uh, 12-16-2015. Dear Kyle, even though this one may be brief, it will have to count as my man-in-the-field update. Most recently, <laughs> I've, been playing, uh, I've been plagued by a couple squirrels taking up residence in my machine shed who have been tearing up paper products and generally making a mess. One of the culprits was lured into a live trap with a nice ear of corn. Shortly thereafter, he was sent to that big nut pile in the sky with my H&R Tamer 410. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's... Um, you know, we had a friend of ours that used to teach him how to swim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> still still in the cage into a 55-gallon yeah, oh, yeah. oil barrel full of water. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Yep. Or the creek. <laughs> yeah. uh, squirrel number two is still at large, but will no doubt soon return to the scene of the crime. A knife that I acquired last summer and developed a fondness for is the Great Eastern Cutlery uh, Tidiout, T-I-D-I-O-U-T-E, number 15 pattern, uh, bear scout knife. Tidouette. Yep, okay. Uh, has one sheep's foot blade and a second cap lifter screwdriver blade. The cap lifter works like a champ. Uh, it front pocket carries wonderfully with a lanyard hook to the belt loop. I continue to enjoy the podcast even though I get behind listening sometimes. Even after all this time, I have yet to see a hipster. With this in mind, <laughs> I, I decided to learn. He obviously never goes up to Minneapolis. Uh, <laughs> I decided to learn more about it and how to spot one and did an internet search. I landed on a site uh, titled How to Become a Hipster. I learned, <laughs> I learned that a hipster enjoys finding clothes at thrift stores, uh, drinking PBR tall boys out of paper cups, and playing obscure musical instruments. 
It hit me like a hammer, Kyle. My God, I'm a fucking hipster. God, that's good. At the advanced age of 58, <laughs> I've always searched for the cheap shirt, drank swill PBR and hams for 40 years, and if playing polka music on a Chemnitzer system concertina doesn't count as obscure enough, I don't know what does. And actually, both of us play a Chemnitzer concertina. Uh, oh, the shame. Oh, my God. That's... I hope you and Jim will still allow me to check in occasionally. Best regards, uh, your man in the field. And then he has well, a, a, little, a little uh, cartoon. Oh. Let's see if you can see this. Oh, yeah. So there's a, there's a, a boy playing a concertina and a girl looking at him, and he writes in there, Ooh, he must be a hipster. <laughs> anyway. So. Um, that's a, uh, I mean, he would be like a hipster god. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if they had any clue, like, you know, he, he it, all of us would be. Like, yeah, looking yeah. at how we dress yeah. and the kinds of things we're into, like, that's why people always troll us telling us we're hipsters. Yeah, so. that's funny. Yep. That is funny. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, he could walk downtown Traverse City and. Oh, he'd fit right in. He, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Go to that one. Uh, there's a brew house uh, right off of Front Street. Oh, I can't think of the name of it. It's uh, Mackinac not, Brewing not Company. No, no, not that one. There's one on the other side. It's called the. It's called the Tool. It's either called like the Tool Shed or the Garage or something like that. And it's a. Um, they've got a lot of old tools and stuff in there, and uh, it's the same kind of a. Same kind of environment, you know, where you've got a lot. You know, the Mackinac Brewing Company has a lot of older people that hang out in there too. Okay. Where this other place is pure hipster. Yeah. Pure, pure hipster. Well, they there's no. They'd really get a kick out of his machine shed if they like like old tools and dusty oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 It's it's pretty funny. I um. I you know I I ran across this all the 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 meme that said all who wander. You know the the hipster oh, yeah. takes a hike in the woods and all who wander is lost. You know all of a sudden he's yeah, posting he says, all that shit. Yeah, it says uh, goes on one hike. Uh, hashtag uh, all who wander are not lost. <laughs> like all <Yeah>. this stuff. <laughs> the mountains are calling. All this stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Like so. Uh, about is it about time for us to do our. Uh, our political rants. We haven't I mean, had one been, in quite a while. I, yeah, so we need to really freaking warn. Well, people okay, so I can I can devote a maximum of a half an hour to this pursuit, uh, and that means that you can't say anything that I'm going to have to edit out. Okay. Because uh, so, I mean, let's not go too far off the deep end here because I don't want to edit fine. shit out. But uh, <clears throat> that's. If you've been listening, uh, thanks for listening. It's been an hour and. 15 minutes now of pretty good content, I think. Lots of knife stuff, flashlight stuff, concealed carry stuff. Um, thanks for listening. If you're one of the people that don't like the political stuff, then um, you might want to tune out now because uh, you're going to get really mad. Uh, Let, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs>
Okay, let's go. Uh, all right, so what do you no, got? Actually, actually, uh, you know, it's the it's the Hillary Donald Trump thing that's just cracking me up. I uh, I'm just am amazed at how much coverage Hillary's getting without anybody saying she should be in fucking jail. Right. Well, the, I, I, the, the, I, I'm, I'm floored by that. The really, um, the really funny thing is, is like, they'll ask Donald Trump about something. Like, they asked him about her, like, infamous bathroom break or whatever. And right. he said, it's gross. I don't want to talk about it. And they, everybody got all offended by, uh, by that. If he'd said anything, they would have been offended. But what they, oh, yeah. what they don't realize is Trump is a, is a germaphobe. And yeah. he, he, yep. uh, he, he's like, you know, he's one of these people that, like, washes their hands a lot, and, like, if, if somebody is around him, he doesn't want to shake their hand, he'll hand him, like, a handy wipe first or something, you know? Right. So, like, it, for somebody like that, given context, of course he doesn't want to talk about somebody taking a big taco shit in the... <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and the funny thing, the, the funny thing about it is, is that... Uh, she she was late because she didn't want to go into the bathroom because there was already somebody in there taking a big crap, you know. And there were like well, all these stalls, and the person that was in there was like o- one of O'Malley's like campaign ladies or something. <laughs> well, listen, I, I I will say this, there, um, um, and and don't don't take this as somebody trying to defend Hillary, right? But but I will say this, if you're do if you're on a security detail. For somebody as famous as she is, um, you would not allow her into the bathroom if there was somebody else in there. Oh, of course not. Yeah. You, you just wouldn't. You just wouldn't do it. And and so I don't know if that was if that came into play at all during that during what happened. They said it did um, actually. She had yeah, a security I, I, guard out there that was supposed to prevent that from happening, but he let. This lady, Kate, apparently ran up and said, "Oh my God, I'm gonna crap my pants! Like, it's horrible! Like, and all this." And so he let her in. He let her in, right. and then when Hillary came, she was in there, and she heard all these yeah. like dinosaur sounds coming from the bathroom. <laughs> it sounded like well, Jurassic Park. And well, there. well, listen, you wouldn't if 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 the security guy knew that there was another woman in there, they would not let. Yeah his subject into the bathroom. I know, but I mean, it's that, funnier that if you say it. that Hillary heard dinosaur sounds. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. But it, but uh, so like I said, I don't want to I don't want to come off like I sounded like I was defending her, but you know, some of that kind of stuff happens. Yeah. I mean, it just happens. It's that's the reality of of that. Well, it's live TV. Yeah. I mean, it's just live TV. Yeah, they, they, they were, somebody hadn't ripped a big giant fart. Yeah, on they stage yet. They weren't well, Maybe uh, Bernie Sanders did. Yeah, he probably doesn't have a whole lot of control. Like, if he bends over or coughs or something, <laughs> just to make sure there's no microphones near his butt. I remember, uh, I remember the um, uh, the the thing that gets me about him is uh, how many young people are following him, 
and and I think, what the hell is going on? I I saw a. Uh, did you see that? I'll have to I have to find this picture. There was a picture that flashed on Facebook the other day, and it was a picture of a white van with a picture of Bernie Sanders in the driver's seat, <clears throat> and nothing but like signs on the side of the van that said "Free health care, free this, free yeah, that, yeah. free this, free that," and then it said. You want a piece of candy? Yeah. Come into my van. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's like it's like this guy's an old man pervert for God's sake. Well, and so let's look at let's look at the two tickets right now. Okay. Uh, traditionally, Democrats have been described as like you know the party for the young, uh, anti-racist, all this stuff. Even though they uh, number one. Uh, opposed the abolishment of slavery. Number two, formed the Ku Klux Klan. Number three, opposed the Civil Rights Act. They're, you know, the anti-racist, you know, friend of the minorities, right? Okay, so whatever. Uh, and they're the party of the young. Uh, and Republicans are racist and party for old, rich, white people. Even though they abolished slavery, uh, opposed the KKK, and pushed basically forced through the civil rights act uh but the republicans are the bad guys so that's that's how crazy the narrative is anyway so let's just look at the two tickets to to make it even more ridiculous okay on the democrat side you have three white people the average age is 64 okay the oldest one is bernie sanders at like 76, and then O'Malley's like 52, and Clinton's like 62. So you have three old white people, uh, old, extremely rich white people. On the Republican side, uh, three out of the top four are minorities. You have two Hispanics and a and a, a black neurosurgeon. Those are the, those are the top four. So s- somehow, still, the narrative is that the Democrats are the party <laughs> for the young. And yeah. uh, the re- Republicans are racist, old, rich, white people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it is funny. It's, well, it's funny how that how even even though the reality is is so stark and so obvious, people still buy into this bullshit narrative. Well, you know, listen. Here's the, and this is why I think it's being pushed is the fact that the media is pushing that because they do not like three of the four top. Republican candidates at all. They, they don't they're like any afraid. of them. They're afraid. Yeah. But they're very afraid. Well, no, they're not afraid of Bush. Well, he's not. He's he's one of the lowest. Well, I understand it, but they're not. I mean, it's, when you said afraid, I I thought you meant like of the Republicans in general. Yeah, they are. But they're not afraid of Bush. Yeah, because they know he can't because win. Because Bush is a fucking Democrat. Yeah, and they, they also know that he can't win. And, There's nobody that's going to vote for him. But, but the point is... That you have Republicans and Democrats, they're the same. Pretty much. And then you have the three guys that are running are different. To the point now where we're we're to the point where we do not have two parties anymore. We have one party with two names. Yeah, pretty much. And 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 so if you have you're talking about the establishment Republican Party and the establishment Democrat Party, the top three guys in the Republican uh, primary right now. Or the runoff, they're they're very they scare them a lot because they don't conform to the, either side. Actually, all four, uh, the top all four. F- yeah, yeah, they don't conform to the three to the. Um, they don't conform to either side, and they're the ones that. And if if you look at what's going on, people, this is the American Revolution. This is the 
This is actually the American Revolution that our forefathers um, put in place for us to, so it doesn't have to be a violent revolution. But this is exactly what they're talking about. We're we're to replace what's there with people that are going to do the job. Yeah. And uh, and I think that that's what you have. You have two parties that have mor- have morphed into one party. I mean that should be obvious with the omnibus bill that they passed the other day when when the Democrats were all excited about how how they passed it and they didn't ask for it. You know they didn't have to give up anything at all. Yeah. And we and we control the House and the Senate for God's sakes and. And we didn't do anything. The Republicans didn't do anything. It's it should be shame on them. Yeah. You know. So guess what? They're one party. I don't give a shit what anybody said. All them fuckers ought to be thrown out. <laughs> but but uh, but anyway, it's it's uh, interesting times. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do I do believe that I do believe that that, that this uh, this election will be the Republican Revolution and. Uh, or will be the revolution, the American Revolution that uh, that our founding fathers designed into the system. Yep, or at least some fashion of it. Uh, yep. d- provided yep. that provided that it doesn't just get thrown, because I think uh, y- you know there's a uh, or provided there's not massive uh, widespread fraud, which is yeah. always a possibility. Yeah. Um, well, we should have the UN, UN come in and check that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they're gonna they're gonna have they're they're gonna have the interests of a free America in mind. Right. <laughs> they right. want us to be as controllable and tame as places like Canada and England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, but uh, yeah. So, well, that's about. I mean, I I think the the only upside to the whole college kids following Bernie Sanders is he's never they gonna usually win. Don't vote. They usually don't vote. Well, and even if they do vote. It's a throwaway vote. Yeah. You know, there's no yeah. possibility that he's electable. It's not going to happen. You know, they, they may like what he's saying um, for whatever reason they do, but he's not electable. Well, I guess if somebody told me that I would never have to worry about anything the rest of my life, I'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah, but everybody who actually works for a living and has any kind of experience in the world knows that it's bullshit. Yeah. And they just want to hear the bullshit. And, you know, listen, it's your vote. You can do what you want with it, but um, you're an idiot. So. Yep. Well, the thing is, I mean, I mean, I honestly feel that way about Hillary. I can't understand how. <coughs> excuse me. I cannot understand how anybody could take her serious. I mean, literally, she should be in jail. I mean, she should be in handcuffs. Do you, I mean, get your head wrapped around it. She should be in handcuffs. And she's the she's the front runner. You know, uh, the other day, what was funny was. Uh, I mean, what what happens if she gets indicted between now and next November? Uh, Which should get, happen. Get, I mean, theoretically, it should happen. It's not gonna uh, because again, the, the, all of this is a, uh, and, and you know this as well as I do. Um. The justice system works different for different people. Um, and that's just a fact of life. And the person who now controls basically that whole process uh, from the top down is uh, Obama. And I think that Hillary probably has enough dirt on Obama that he's going to 
he basically has to protect her. There's really nothing. He's not going to allow her to be prosecuted because if she is prosecuted, then she has no incentive to keep his secrets anymore. You know, so I. Yeah, but we but they're already secrets. We already know them. Yeah, but there's so they're not really. If if we know some stuff, there's way worse stuff out there. Is 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 kind of my my thinking is that there's a lot of stuff that hasn't come out that would come out if she was prosecuted and she's probably said as much to him so i i don't think there's any possibility of a prosecution and if if it ever got to that point if he somehow lost control of that process he would just pardon her you know because it's his own ass on the line you know because if she goes down she's gonna she'll take him with him with her you know she would Um, the, the other funny thing about uh, that happened recently with Hillary and Trump is uh, after he said he didn't want to hear about her, you know, taking big taco shits during the break, he said, it's just gross. I don't want to talk about it. She went on this big thing where, oh, Donald Trump is sexist and all this. And, and uh, Trump said, be careful, Hillary. Don't try the war on women thing, because if you do that, we're going to talk about Bill. <laughs> and, and, and about how you uh, basically covered for him uh, and attacked all kinds of women who were were uh, accusing him of all these different things. So that were totally true. Yeah. Well, that um, at least uh, the ones we know have been prosecuted, um, we know are true. That you have a president of the United States that had to have his wiener photographed. Court ordered photographing of his wiener so that it, they could put up a lineup because he was like flashing some person. Or you know something. that reminds me of that reminds me of um, this is a president of the United States that was that, that couldn't. Do you, do you remember that movie Porky's? Yeah, that with the one through the wall. That, with, yeah, he has a ward on it. I can identify it. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, yeah. go go rent Porky's. It's a very funny uh, high school. Type. We, I mean, it was big. It was a big movie when 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 I was a kid. Um, and I think back about a, a, some of the stuff that was going on. It was a it was a very funny movie. It's it's crude as hell. Yeah. Um. But it but it's pretty funny. Uh, don't watch it with your kids. Oh God, no! Don't even have kids in the same state with you. <laughs> yeah. 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 And seriously. Oh, and you know what? Someone else said something about. Uh, um. That movie that you didn't watch, Boondock Saints. Yeah. I think the snowman yeah. mentions it. And he said, um, you'll never think about ropes in the same way. <laughs> <laughs> so so seriously, if that's one thing you do in the next couple of days, Kyle, you need to watch that movie. All right. Get it get it on Netflix I have it or on whatever. D- I, I have it on DVD. I actually bought it. I just haven't watched it yet. Well, just put it, put it in and watch it. Just de- dedicate it because it's funny. It's a, it's, there's a, there's some, there's some parts in it that are hilarious. You're gonna, you'll laugh your ass off. Hmm. Okay. You'll laugh your ass off. All right. Anything else? No. We gotta, I gotta start my day. I still, I'm, I'm gonna go out and cut some more wood today. We had a nasty windstorm and blew down some trees, and I got nothing better to do today but go and cut some wood. Okay. Well, so, how do people find um, us? Okay. You can like us on Facebook. At the Knife Journal Podcast, you can go to our website and join the forum there and the discussions about what's going on at uh, www.knifejournal.com. 
You can go to, uh, you can friend us on Facebook, uh, James D. and Kyle, uh, K.R. And uh, uh, if you're if you're not a Russian hooker, we'll probably say yes. And um, give don't forget to give us some feedback on uh, on iTunes. That that's always appreciated. Yeah. And uh, you can email us at podcast at knifejournal.com. And I guess uh, for now, that's uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I don't know if we'll get one out before New Year's, but... Uh, New Year's Day, because we got to do it uh, very shortly after New Year's, because I, we got to give away that knife. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. So uh, go out there and uh, enjoy yourself and get outside and uh, enjoy the warm weather if you're not uh, in between storms. And... Uh, Remember to keep your knives sharp and your friends sharper. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Yep, bye. Some call him Manuel, think I'll call him Jesus. Mm -hmm, Yes, think I'll call him Jesus.